We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Pod Mavericks presents what I've decided is going to be a Mavs party. Because guys, look, I know everybody wanted to jump into the top four, but the odds on something like that are simply not in the Dallas Mavericks' favor. They never have been. Uh, And as far as I'm concerned, during my time watching the Mavericks for the rest of my life, they probably never will be. So that they kept the pick in what feels like a a very tense uh situation now that we've had about a half hour to reflect i i'm i'm good with this and so we're doing our live show here our 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 normal live show that that i've been doing uh you know after games where i would like for you guys to come up and and pitch me your take i posted the uh in the youtube channel i posted the ability the link which gets you in here you can come up here on stage uh, and, well, stage, that's what it used to be called when it was green room, and you can give your take, and then we will maybe go watch, uh, hopefully, the Nuggets beat the crap out of the Lakers. So coming up first uh, from across the Atlantic Ocean, my friend Hyperion, what's going on tonight, man? Oh, hello, hello Kirk. Uh, happy birthday, because <laughs> you had your birthday. So I did, thank you. I think. Uh, I heard... Uh, I am very happy Dallas Mavs kept the 10th pick. I wanted more. I thought the NBA values look a little bit more. I don't know how the Spurs uh, got the number one, but they are a very lucky franchise. Congratulations congratulations to them. And congratulations to the to Dame Lillard, because the NBA thought he needs a little bit of help, and they will get help with the number three i think so i will be very for me it's very intriguing that uh, that dallas has this pick and i will be watching what they will do with it i would keep it and draft somebody because i think it's a better timeline with luca to draft somebody and uh, and help him 
in the next one or two years to find find himself and play with Luca for many years, then to give it up for I don't know for for a half, half a star. I, we will see. Yeah, I I really I I also just have always liked the NBA draft. So depending on how long you've listened to anything we've done at Mavs Moneyball, which is probably not as long as Luke has been on the team. My co-host, Josh, who's, who, who is now here in the show as well with us, he will tell you that after about eight games of watching Dennis Smith Jr., I was like, this isn't it. We're not, this is not going to be a thing. Dennis Smith is fine, but he's not a franchise changer. And immediately tuned my attention in for Luka Doncic. I obviously didn't do anything like that this year, but there's a couple of players in this draft that I have been following for some time. Uh, and so I just, I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm cautiously optimistic. That's what I feel about things. Like if they would have lost this pick, I think we all would have been on, you know, sports fan suicide watch where there just would have been a lot to be worried about. But at the moment I, I am, I am pulled back from the edge because this last season was just so terrible. And right now I, I feel pretty good about stuff. So so do you, do you have any more thoughts for us? Uh, no, I, I, I just, uh, I am just happy that Dallas kept the pick. Uh, I just happy that we can celebrate a bit and hope that Dallas finally can do some, some good moves to help the roster. Well, thank you so much for, for kicking off the show. I appreciate you. Okay, all the best to you both. You as well. Bye-bye. All right, so right now we have um, my guy, Josh. You know, so so Josh, <laughs> you've, are, you've had 20 minutes to collect while I posted our, our live show where mm-hmm. we've got some posts up, we have some things cooking. Uh, there'll be lots of content over at Mavs Moneyball, but what are your sort of, now that, now that you've... Uh-oh. Lost you there for a second. Uh, well, I assume you're going to ask me kind of my my thoughts here before you. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. About okay. Sorry. Internet. I should have just kept going. I got to improvise on the spot there. Um, I mean, my thought is it's kind of two things. One is you know we're not insiders, so when we say like trade the pick for a win now player, what is that? Like we can keep saying win now player, but what's the player? And right. I don't know. And, and it's it's not that I'm necessarily against that line of thinking. It's just that I don't know what the what the player is. Just as much as we don't know what the draft pick is going to be, quite frankly, either. But with trading something like a draft pick, a top ten pick, and if we're being realistic, this is going to be theory. This should be the last time they have a draft pick this high while Luka Doncic is in Dallas. Um, and if it's not, then, oh my God, like we've got some other things we got to tell, you know, the, the, the house is on fire. You know, we can't talk about, uh, a leaky sink. Um, but it, so like, you just have to maximize it. And to me, it's just like, I, I would just, I've watched how these other teams build the other teams that aren't like LA and Miami and New York. And these other teams that, that are not these huge, you know, the three or four big market teams that that usually get the free agent meetings and all that kind of stuff. The Mavericks aren't one of those teams. You know, they aren't the, they aren't a team that, that is a, you know, there's only like three destinations in the NBA and they're not one of them. So how do those other teams build and contend? They, they build through the draft, making shrewd moves and valuing draft picks 
developing young talent and then, you know, making solid trades. Um, it's just, I know with the draft pick, at least I can get something, you know, I'm going to get a young talented player that I can invest in, you know, why would I, I just don't see like trading it first, like Deandre Aiden. I just don't get it. The way the CBA, the new CBA is, it's going to be harder to trade picks. It's going to be harder to keep your core together. You know, a rookie, like a four-year rookie, cheap rookie contract. Like, I, I just see a lot of value in trying to get something out of that other than trading for maybe a really big contract and a player that has a shorter shorter window. And I feel like it's just it's just repeating mistakes over and over again. Like, they, they got in this mess because they tried to short-circuit the, the build. That's right. Christoph Porzingis trade. So like, I just want them to build organically. I just want them to add talent. Don't worry about the Luca thing because quite frankly, I said this on our, our live show, uh, the lottery live show. If they were worried about that, then they should have done different things the last four years. Like they're kind of at least the last year or two. Yeah. (laughs) Like you're worried about it now. Like good, like good Lord. Like you waited until it's almost, you know, you can't really do anything now. Um, like I just don't worry about that, whether you're going to keep Luke or not, just take the path of what you think is going to build you a contender and don't think about the scary timeline or the scary thoughts because you kind of let go of that rope years ago and there's, you can't go back. You can't go back in the past and and change the 2019 off season. You can't go back and change the KP trade. You can't go back and change all these other uh, mistakes that they've made. So I, I just, you know, I just it, and again, it, they could if they make a trade for a player I like. I mean, I'm going to be on. It's not that I'm against it. Right. It's just I can't project the value of that tenth pick in terms of what it's going to net as a player because I'm not an insider. I don't know what these teams are thinking, but I do know that teams can, can build contenders through picks as high as ten. We just saw the Warriors dynasty start by they drafted a seventh pick, Harrison Barnes, and Clay Thompson was an eleventh pick. You see teams pick players from there that turn into championship caliber starters all the time. Uh, of course, there's the path that you can see. That's also the Warriors that a user mentioned to me on Twitter, which, you know, you, they had Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody, and now they're kind of They're kind of uh, screwed because those picks didn't work out. And yeah, that's the downside. The picks might not work out because you don't, you don't know for sure that these 18 year olds are going to turn into who you want them to be. But that's I just right. feel like that path feels more stable to me than making another trade uh for a veteran when you've got a team that i don't think needs veterans it just it need, needs talent um and it, it needs younger talent and you know closer to lucas timeline obviously you know Aiton is close he's still young but you know, i've just seen what he's been doing and I, I just don't i would just rather take the dice roll on something new uh that they sure. can develop and and quite frankly we just hardy and green have developed really nicely over the last two years i kind of want to give this mavericks team a chance to develop some actual young talent um and then see how it goes well and then there's some some kind of more practical effects of when you're in 10 and you're saying oh and, and you broadcast that you want to trade out um and just before i move on any further with my thought first guys if you could do me a favor go ahead and like the stream that sort of stuff will promote it and to to you know for people who are searching for mav stuff you can come in here and and you know go ahead and subscribe as well we've seen a nice uh, almost a 10 percent growth in subscribers over the last week which is fantastic i'm really grateful appreciate that um and anybody who wants to come up on stage what you want to do is click into the waiting room that we have to the pinned comment in the youtube channel uh it'll take you to a different place where you'll be waiting josh and i'll bring everybody up here or at least i will josh might go to bed at some point um it's early in the evening though 
and we will let everybody get a chance to talk that wants to. Um, I'll really try to do that tonight just because this is one of those kind of special nights. Um, when you, in terms of practical stuff, when you look at so who's ahead of them and what those teams and where those teams are and sort of their builds, where you have uh, the Magic who have the pick after Dallas and the sixth pick. You have the um, the Portland Trailblazers, who were kind of in the similar in a similar position to the Mavericks, where they're very much hoping to move up to number one. Who, frankly, just have better trade. They just have more trade opportunities than the Mavericks have. Um, the Mavericks don't have good contracts. We're going to be hearing a lot over the next several days about how Tim Hardaway is a plus contract. I mean, if we can convince somebody of that, fantastic. I just don't know if that's really going to be a thing. The Mavericks' four best players, or at least four most attractive players, uh, including Kyrie, who's not currently under contract, all those players are guards. Uh, if you, you know, Matthew Phillips, who's waiting to chat, really makes he made this point about a month and a half ago, and I've been thinking about it the whole time uh, that um, Josh Green is a guard, and so it's like him and Jaden Hardy, both guards. So it's just, it's like, what are you going to do? And and I don't, I'm not trying to be like pessimistic here, but like I'm looking at Tankathon's like initial draft, and it's like they got the Mavericks taking Grady Dick at ten, and I don't see that with, all, I don't zero chance that I see the Mavericks taking a. a a power forward who I'm sorry, a small forward who is not great at defense, but is like a heck of an offensive player. I just, that doesn't help them in the short term, but that's where it's like this conversation can quickly get very frustrating because if the Mavericks had done what they, you know, built a little more slowly, they simply wouldn't be in this position. It's just that it, Lucas yeah. supercharges stuff, frankly, the same way Victor women, Yama might, might supercharge stuff for the Spurs, which puts them on, on a bit of a, a course here. So, yeah. And, um, and like, and to follow up, it's like, I think I would be more open to trading the 10th pick if they had accumulated assets better in these last four years. And then it's like, okay, now let's make the all in move because, you know, we've been slowly building and drafting players and acquiring good contracts. Let's cash in with this pick. We feel like it's, now's the time, but like if they trade this 10th pick, like, you know, they're not going to have another draft pick as good as this to trade for, for a while. They don't have their, you know, yep. they, I think they can trade the other only other pick they can trade besides 10 is like a 2029 or something, or I can't remember whichever one, but it's it's like way down the road. They still owe pick to New York, which will presumably, you know, cross your hearts is, is going to be given to the to the Knicks next year if all if things go well in terms of the, the team's success. But it, again, it's just like it's just scary to trade 10 when you know they're never going to get something as good as this type of draft pick for the next four to five years if things go well. That's right. So it just it just scares me to just go ahead and trade for another you know, another, you know, one P, you know, I, again, I just don't know. And if they get, if they get something good for it, then I, I change my tune. It's just, I don't, I don't know. This is the part that sucks. I'm not Dalton trick. I can't do the fake trade thing. I don't have, right. I, mean, I don't have it. I don't know what teams like. I, I have no idea what the trade market's like, uh, but I do know I've watched teams build through the draft and get good players and, and be better than the Mavericks are like all, all right. the teams that, that were above the Mavericks in, in 2018. Right. No, that's so, true. Okay, so I'm going to start bringing folks up. Josh, you can hang out as long as you want, and then we can keep talking in between. Um, um, coming up first is my man, Micah. So if if we bring you up on stage, I'm probably – I normally like to chit-chat with folks for a while, but because I already have 10 people waiting, um, we're going to try to move through folks a little quicker than normal tonight. So do not take offense if I uh, inadvertently give you the, the, uh, you know, the old hook uh, to my guy, John – and then we'll go to Matthew. Hey, John, what's up, guy? What's up? Is my internet 
fine. Yeah. Can you hear me? Can you see? Yeah, me? No, okay, if, if, great. If you if you start like chopping me out on purpose <laughs> just to psych me out, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's up? Yeah. Uh. So like as soon as the tenth pick came in, I was in a trade it for DeAndre Ayton mode. But uh, Josh, you have you've won me over. Uh, just take like a good NBA ready player, as NBA ready and good. I mean, as good as you can get at the tenth pick. And like, is I don't know. I is Kyrie. Let's assume they can resign Kyrie, which is a big if. But like Luca, Kyrie, Josh Green, Hardy, the tenth pick. Maybe you can trade Tim Hardaway for something. Like, is, I don't know. I. I, wa- I just want this team to be fun. Sure. And as soon as I started thinking, like, they trade, f- that they re-sign Kyrie, they trade the 10th pick and some pieces for some contracts for DeAndre Ayton, it would not be a fun team, I don't think. I mean, what pieces did <laughs> they, like, The DeAndre Ayton thing we talked about a little bit during the, the draft reaction, like the immediate reaction show, just because we we're trying to kind of kill time with the start. And I just don't see it as being possible. I just the, the the he makes a lot of money, and the Mavericks books are already murderous, and it would require the Suns to take back some tough money as well. I just I just don't see it. And I, I, mean, I suppose there's always a chance the Mavericks like covet him, you know, have for a while, whatever the terminology we want to call it is. But it's just it seems like a, a long shot at this point, unless the Suns were to get desperate for something. And I don't see them being desperate with a former number one overall pick. And also, I mean, Luca Kyrie Aiton, I mean, that's your cap for the next yes. five years. Or oh, yeah, you're that's done. It. You're done. Yeah, that's yeah. your team. Uh, you're you're yeah. trying to slot in minimum guys, undrafted guys, your mid-level exceptions, you know, unless they make a trade with, with Josh Green or Hardy, maybe. But, you know, in terms of your cap, that's your cap. Like, that's your team. So Yeah, and, and your team is one guy who really loves to play basketball and two guys that I'm not sure if they – how much they care about playing with <laughs> I'm not sure what their end game is. Right. And, uh, and yeah, I just think just either keep the pick or if they could trade down for maybe and get two picks, but just, ju- ju- I just want this team to have like good young players, like watching the nuggets right now. And they, they built around just drafting Guys, they took the chance on uh, Michael Porter Jr. and it worked. And then got Aaron Gordon and tri- like I, I don't know. I just I want the team to be fun, and I'm so glad they kept the pick. I mean, it would be doomsday, right? Like, I mean, this could have this could have been an awful night. At least there's something to work with. Uh, but just like just take somebody young that's could be the most I, I don't and i know nothing about the draft and the same way y'all are not trade guys i'm not a draft guy i i don't i don't know who's going to be around at 10 but like are there any guys that are nba ready yeah but or, I, it's, it's nba it's ready, of, you know what i mean ready ish like yes and i could I be contributors in, in the next a, year or two yes it, i do think there are it's a question of do any of the two or three that I sort of think in that slot, do they fall? 
And then the real challenge, there's some yeah. of these guys, for example, like I think a guy like Cason Wallace, who's point guard from Kentucky, could probably play pretty quickly. But as I just said, the Mavericks have a bunch of guards. Like you don't, yeah. you know, there's a guy named Bryce Sensabaugh who plays Ohio State, who's not, he doesn't bring what the Mavericks need. It's, it's, they need a multi-talented forward. I mean, like my favorite guy is Anthony Black, and I think he probably goes in the top seven. I just don't think he fits. Like it's, it's there. We have a long way to go, and and maybe somebody will yeah. shake out during workouts that the Mavericks like. Maybe they reach and take somebody. I mean, I, I want to say Paul George was drafted in like the the eight to twelve range, and like he, he just didn't get enough eyeballs out in Fresno State. He had he really had a lot of. He was a really good player, so it's just, it's it's sort of tough to say at this point. But I mean, it, I, I started the show noting that I'm feeling you know, I'm glad they kept the pick because anything yeah. other than keeping the you know losing the pick, this is just a much different show. It's a much different tenor. We number one don't have anything to talk about ever, other than oh my god, the Mavericks screwed up the past five years, and now we're here and we can say all right, the, there's something they have to go forth. Yeah, I mean the the the. the... The need of the team is so obvious of, of forward defense, rebounding big guys somewhere in there. Like, like you said, they've got the guards. And so that feels nice. At least like, at least they know what, what the need is. I don't think they can get that with a 10th pick. And if there's somebody there or they can trade for it, but that the need, what they need is obvious. And I like, I like Luca, Kyrie, Josh Green and Hardy. Like I like those four guys playing in those spots. Can they just find one to two other guys to fill something out and then let the role players fill in? And I don't know. I, I, I like I said when, when I, somehow Josh, you convinced me. Sure. I was all in on go get Aiton and just <laughs> let's do this thing. Sure. Luca, Kyrie, Aiton. Let's just do it with whoever. But now I'm um, with a half hour. Um, I just want, I just want fun players. I want fun players. That's all I want. Yeah. I feel that, yeah. John. All right, guys. Thanks yeah. for hanging out. Good to see you guys. Yeah, I'll yeah. talk to you all soon. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so Martin in the chat is is kind of talking about how Luca is not really interested in a rebuild, yada, yada, yada. I want to address something real quick because this is this is sort of important. Actually, it's quite important. Luca next season is in year two of a five-year deal where the last year is a player option. Let's just assume for the worst sake that he were to want to opt out. The opt-out year, his final year of the four-year deal he's on then is 2025-26. So the Mavericks have, and by my estimation, 
this season and probably up until the trade deadline in 24-25 to try to make significant moves before any sort of trade chatter would really kick into high gear. But here's the other thing that I think we're, we're not talking about as often. And I've had a couple of people talk to me about this beforehand. I've not talked. And Harris notes that he's going to opt out even if he stays, which is just like, and the reason why exactly Harris is because of money. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are up for Supermax extensions that are close to on one, one guy. I want to say it's Brown is like 296 million. And then Tatum's is 324 million. The difference between that and another team is if you were to go sign as a true free agent is North of a hundred million dollars getting left on the table. Now you're going to say to me, Kirk, he's going to force his way to another team. Two things against that. Number one, Mark Cuban exists. Mark Cuban is the most stubborn man in human history. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think he would trade Luca even if he wanted to. Second, or even if he, even if he, you know, it's, it's just not something he's ever going to do. Um, the second thing is that matching salaries becomes increasingly difficult with these guys who make this much money because you would have to gut your roster in order to get him. Okay, coming up next is Mavs Moneyball contributor Matthew Phillips with a truly glorious mustache. Matthew, um, what's going on, man? Uh, a lot. Um, so I'm happy that, <laughs> and that the Mavs did not get the first pick so I can fully unleash my Wimby 8 as the only person on the planet who is not all in on Wimby as the greatest prospect ever, sure, um, sure. which I could not have done. Uh, also, I, I want to point out a couple things. One, if the Mavs do look to go the trade route, um, Josh mentioned that the 2027 first is really the only one they can trade because it is 27 because they traded 29 in the uh, to the Nets when they got Kyrie. The, one of the problems with that, they basically can't protect that pick because if they protect it, then they wouldn't be able, they can't protect it to where they have to, they can use it in 28 because then the stepping rule comes into play. So because they can't protect it, you really don't want to be giving out two unprotected first in a team that might not have Luca. Like mm. that gets real dangerous real quick. Also, since apparently Jason Kidd is the only unfireable coach in the NBA, given all the other people. <laughs> His, his primary strength as a coach is developing young players. Sure. If there is any reason to take a draft pick, it is it is in order to let him to basically, if you're going to go with the words of the youth these days, to let him cook. Like that, that's what he does well. And he's done a good job of it. I mean, honestly, Josh Green has so. Jaden Hardy. I mean, like, kid, the one thing if you're going to point to and say, hey, like if I'm, if I was Jason Kidd's agent and I was going to sell something as a coach, and like, like, hey, why should we make this guy coach? He develops young players well. Like he's they, they've it. had nice plans for Green and for Hardy. I think that's that's absolutely the case. Okay, so now uh, I'm also going to get off my anti Wimby take real quick, uh, so everyone can hear this. Uh, one, he went to a team that plays once a week this year in order to stay healthy. Just want to point that out because apparently no one else notices that or talks about it. Um, he got banged up several times last year. The reason that generational prospects don't pan out is because they get hurt. Like pretty much every guy that you would say is, I mean, we, I don't want to rehash the slack argument about generational prospects, but those guys, like when you look at it, like the all time, like he's one of those guys before the draft and Wimby is absolutely on that list. The only reason they ever don't pan out is if they get hurt, like Greg Oden. Um, can, uh, can I interrupt you? Cause I need to yes. show both you and Josh something that's going to make you upset at the same time. It's really just, a, it's a, it's a unifier for the chat. We're going to share. The Dallas Mavericks social media account just tweeted this. 
a it is a photo of Mark Tatum holding holding the Mavericks pick, and it's the Mavericks Twitter account saying "Playing with house money, let's roll." That doesn't not send me into a blazing fury. Um, As you know, I like. Hey man, uh, I, I gotta hit up the they Choctaws and sponsor. They gotta. They I gotta, get it. But, they, got, <laughs> they can't make me mad about keeping the tenth pick. They can't. They can't with bad tweets. They had a terrible, like, I was trying not to kick the shit out of them with that terrible horseshoe passing video. And Nico, because it's like, I want to have good vibes, but my God, it's like they had their. Okay, go back to your take. I don't want to do this. I don't want to scream on TV. Among other things, first off, I want to point out just real quick on that. Uh, house money has lost pe- the theory of playing with house money has lost more people more money over the years than any other gambling strategy that is not a thing just now i'll go back to my point um so he went to a team that played him once a week on that team he also he got to choose the offensive and defensive system they ran he got to choose several of their players he got full-on nba he was the lebron of that league as far as setting up everything he was the legium basically and we'll use it because it works also for him because he's French. But I don't understand how people think that's going to work with Pop. Like, I, I honestly, I think Pop's going it next offseason. Like, I've seen a lot of people with a lot of takes that Pop will be there forever now. And this is all of that and everything. And I understand. No, he's he, old. He doesn't want to do this forever. Like, he I wants to have fun once more and then get out of Dodge. I think Pop's gone next offseason one way or the other. Either, either Wimby drives him nuts. Or Wimby forces him out. Like sure, I mean that was the same. Thing. Honestly, that was the same thing that should have happened with Carlisle Luca. Yeah, like I think that's going to happen. And then as far as the 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 what if Luca forces his way out thing, the Mavs are where they are because they've been worried about trying to get. They tried to skip steps and get there too quickly, and yeah. so trading this pick in order to try to short circuit any potential, you know, development time for the pick, like being like, hey, we're going to be there. I mean, by all means, if you can get a legitimate difference maker player for him, like if you can get a person that fits and fits offensively and is an elite defender and does all of this, I'm fine with it. But who is that person? Like hypothetically, sure. I mean, I mean, I, I do like coming up with fake trades, but I, I just don't see it. And then what what the problem is, they just have to make right decisions right now. They have to make good moves. If they make good moves, it will help the team. And they have to hope that they're in a good spot in a couple of years and that they're just good. Like, that's how you keep Luca is you're yep. good. You make good moves. And you make good moves by making good individual. Like, you can't make a series of good moves without making a first individual good move. And also on the uh, on the list of people that we should consider drafting, there's a bunch There's a bunch of people that can help Dallas. Dallas needs athleticism. Um, Dallas is in a weird spot where they're in the lottery. And, you know, we think they're close to being good, but they also – are so bad at so many things that they uh, there's a lot of different ways they can get better. Like that's a weird combo. I mentioned it in my Jarish Walker piece, but <laughs> like they can get better at so many things. And if you look at them, like I, one of the under the radar guys, I think he'd probably be a trade down guy more so than I just take him at their pick. But uh, when I was watching a lot of Wimby stuff um, the last couple of days to see if I needed to get off of my uh, anti Wimby take uh, the, the wing on the, uh, Mets 92. Uh, I'm I'm gonna try to pronounce his name, but it's probably terrible. The uh, Bilal Kulalabi is I, I really like, like, I think he would be like a trade down to 15 or 16 guy, but he's extremely athletic. He's a little he's a little rusty with the jumper right now, but I mean, he shot 35% on threes this year. Um, he is the 
Mikel Bridges type, six seven guy with a seven three wingspan, very very athletic, very good defender. Um, like I, I would be interested in him as someone who could potentially do some stuff for Dallas. Obviously, the Taylor Hendricks and Jarius Walker and stuff. Sure, like it's just it, it's stuff like that. And or if they, I mean, if we go really crazy, the Mavs could draft someone at ten and then trade later into the draft and try to get and try to get him as a, they could try to get multiple young players. I mean, yeah. it sounds like a crazy idea for the Mavs, but. See, and I, that's like I think that's how you piss off Lucas because like the further you go back, it's like trading. Like people are like, oh, we got to trade back and get multiple guys. I'm like, this is not the NFL draft. We don't like just go get the best player available. But yeah, no, I mean, like I'm saying, I'm not. I'm saying like draft someone at ten, and then also trade. Like last year, they traded in to draft Hardy. They could trade for that pick. I don't know what they would trade for it, but I mean, like he should be like late teens, mid twenties. Like those picks are gettable if you want them. Um, so that, that's really all I've got for now. I'll let other people get on and everything. But basically, I do want to be on record, and uh, y'all can obviously vouch for this. I was the uh, the lone anti Wemby voice for forever. If he's really bad, I'm going to be really, or if he's really good, I'm going to be really mean to you. So that's fine. Just, I'm, just I'm okay with that. that. I think no I'm going to get hurt. But well, he's thanks for hanging out, bud. All right, Talk soon. All right, coming up next is Ruben, who's been waiting for a while. Ruben, what's up, my guy? You are muted. Unmute yourself there. Love the new setup. Can you hear me okay? I can. Thanks for joining. What's going on tonight? Oh, no. I'm just kind of happy we we were able to keep the pick. Um, I'm not going to get too into, like, all the trade scenarios and stuff because I'm pretty sure you guys are going to have another uh, space for that, like, for draft talk or whatnot. But um, I'm kind of, like, with Josh on it. I feel like um, – I feel like every time the Mavs try to skip steps and stuff and try to go for like, oh, we're going to get this guy or we do some dumb stuff and end up regretting it. And then we always get back to the fact that we don't draft our players. And as as Josh said, like the teams that are still left, except for like the Lakers, maybe they have guys that they were like homegrown draft picks by that Mm -hmm. team. And they are are killing it for their team. So I'm I'm kind of of the sense of, hey, take who's who's available. I'm I'm kind of hoping Taylor Hendricks is still there, um, just because um, you know I feel like that's the only thing Jason Kidd is good at is developing. And you start you start seeing you know you have a a good young nucleus growing here, but the 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 final boot that needs to drop is Kyrie resigning. Sure. If, if Kyrie doesn't resign, then this this is awful. This I really do think he resigns, though. I, I mean, I, it's just, I I really do too. Um, but I, I'm if he doesn't, that that would be a big blow. That would be I feel like a bigger blow than giving away our draft pick. That you know, at least if we would have gave it away and gave it to the Knicks and they got it, we could start you know using other draft picks and some other doors would have opened. But I feel like if you don't got Kyrie with Luca. It's kind of like, oh man, like we're not. I don't think you make it to the playoffs. I mean, you may come, you may try to like we did this year, Luca by himself trying to do everything. But it would at least with Luca and Kyrie, I say we are kind of like the when Dirk was kept making to making it to the playoffs, doing his steps, and it finally came all together. We didn't rush into anything. It kind of like you know, just happened with guys that we kind of just got it. We didn't have to like force a trade or anything. Now, if we can just draft a guy or 
I do see us doing this. Hey, okay, maybe we don't want to use a 10th pick. Let's trade back. Let's get off this contract, maybe 14 to move up. We get a piece and we get off bad money and we get a pick. Maybe we do it twice, maybe, and get get draft picks that we need at certain spots. I'll, See, but I'll, that's I'll, where the challenge with this is, is there's been very little in the Dallas Mavericks history going back to the trade for Tyson Chandler in like 2011 that shows me anything other than linear thinking. They think one-to-one with what the Lakers did, for example, and Josh was like raging about this the day it happened. It's like they made multiple moves over a period of weeks to achieve an end where it was like, we're going to go here, 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 and here to get this. Where the Mavericks were like, what we're looking for is the silver bullet. And I, until they show me that they can do something better than that, I'm not going to believe that they can. I, I would understand where you're coming from, but the only difference would be what uh, seeing what Nico did to get Jaden Hardy. Now, I'm not saying Jaden Hardy is like uh, the rookie of the year, but that guy traded back in to get his guy and we're kind of like right now we're you know because it's the end of the season we're kind of still in the mind state of being mad but we're kind of poo-pooing that move we're i'm gonna get that to nico trading back in and getting his guy and he turned out to he turned out to be a trade asset like we he went back in and he turned into a a slight trade i'm not saying he's the biggest trade asset we have but he, he picked a guy, saw his potential, and Jason Kidd did what he did. I'm just going to say if we do that with our number 10 pick, I'm willing to do that as long as Kyrie resigns. And I'm I'm of the thought when it comes to I really want a center over a wing or whatever. We can get a wing in the draft or whatever. But I'm in the mindset I don't really need um, a big money wing. I mean a big money center. I'm not, I'm not of that. Maybe that's just my opinion. I don't feel like we need Aiden or Miles. It would be nice to have a Miles Turner, Aiden, or, you know, Jared Allen or somebody like that. But with the mindset of whoever Luca plays with as a big, he elevates. And I think we can say that now with Luca playing with his fifth year. This is going to be his fifth or sixth year. We can say now that whoever you put next to Luca and Luca trusts, that player will elevate. Stat wise, energy wise. So I'm not of the mindset of we need a top dollar center. Give me my 10th pick. Let's reshuffle our bullpen of centers. You know, don't please God, don't resign Dwight Powell. Um, and just get some centers that clog up space that are good defensively and can do a little bit of something. And let's keep building this young nucleus. I'm willing to do that. Only if we can re-sign Kyrie. Now, if Kyrie decides he doesn't want to be here, I hope they're smart enough to flip him for, you know, whatever, some more pieces or whatever. Thanks for hanging out, man. It's been a long time. Glad hey, to see you in here. Long time. I couldn't figure it out for the long. Now you can <laughs> see. We're gonna us olds, and we are old. We're gonna be brought in the 20, 21st century with YouTube. For sure. All right. Thank you guys. All right. Talk soon. Oh, uh, let's see here. Brian, you've been waiting, and I got a bunch of people. We're going to get to everybody. Josh, you, you're you're sitting there quietly, like, steaming. No, no, I'm good. I'm just, I want, I want to let, no, I just want to let everyone get their, that's right, get their that's right. In. Brian, welcome to the show. What's up? Dude, 
Thanks for having me again. Josh, what's up? I think this is the first time I've been on while you've also been up. So nice awesome. to talk. Uh, man. Okay. So we kept the pick. That is very cool. Uh, it's a lot like you said. I'm going to make a couple of points and I'm going to try to go quick. Just a reminder. I can curse, right? Oh, God, yes. Fuck yes. Awesome. Okay. I, 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 all, right. I, I, all I have to really do is make sure that this video is marked not for children. Cool. Okay. Which, I like, kids, you want to learn sure. about the Mavericks? This is not the, this, it's a dark, dark place. Actually, dark, this is dark a pretty web. good What's representation. Up? This is a good, this is a great place to learn about. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, everybody talking about 10 and some package of other things that we have for Aiden, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you do not know what you're talking about. The last time the Phoenix Suns selected 10th in the draft, they picked Jalen Smith, who they did not play for two years when they absolutely needed big bodies in the playoffs especially in 2021 against Milwaukee. And then they renounced him, waived him, and God, dropped him bad. off on the doorstep of like a Hardee's in Indiana where the Pacers picked him up and nurtured him back to health. They don't care about the 10th pick. Yeah. You're not getting anything of substance for the 10th pick, man. So if Aiden is here, it's because Kyrie decided he wanted to go play with his homeboy and we signed and traded him. And I, I just don't even think that happens because it hard caps them. Right. They, listen. They haven't made all of these compounding mistakes the way that we have. Yeah. So I have no reason to believe that if we can see that a three-star, you know, kind of mix isn't really going to work under the CBA. There's no reason I don't think that they can't see that. Even with that new owner wanting to come in and be splashy and like add all the stars and do all these things. He's not stupid. No. Well, he's talking about Tyron Isaiah Thomas, so he might be. But he, he can't be that stupid. Not yet, anyway. We have no evidence of that. So, yeah, shut all that up. That's not happening. Get Aiden out of your mind right now. And second point, it's like you said, the Mavericks are an A to B team. We they they're not smart enough to plan a flight with layovers. They need a one way, no stop flight. They've got the tenth pick. Make the tenth pick. There are players from one to thirty two that add talent, help this team in terms of fit, and are going to be like good, talented, cultural players that Jason Kidd is going to be able to develop and actually help this team pretty immediately. Like nobody in the top 10, like the actual top 10, I'm not including Grady Dick. He's good, but he's not what we need. There's something about Grady Dick I think Jason Kidd would break. Yeah, I don't know. I, Maybe I'm just being mean. Honestly, I, 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 think, I think Grady Dick has made a tougher stuff. I just – him not being even a solid defender, right? That isn't and that's really what they help. need. Yeah, you can't play Luca with a bunch of negative defenders because even if what I, I think he brings offensively is going to be, it would be great here. But yeah. that's not. Yeah, that's just not the mix that we need. That's also, not the we can't we play. can't have Mark Followell screaming "Dick" every twenty minutes. No, that part I love. I, I, I wish there was another player named Dick in the draft because I'd be like, yeah, we got to draft him. But. Yeah, no, there there are there's going to be a really good player. Like I think that the top ten ish, I'll even go so far as to say like eleven, because I or eleven or twelve if you want to include like Bilal Kulabali or Leonard Miller, who I think will really help us. Uh whether we have Kyrie or not, whether we trade Kyrie for Aiden or not, like all twelve of those players, eleven really. I'll just say Leonard Miller. Bilal Kulabali is kind of a reach, will help us immediately. And in the future, they're all really good. They've all got one to two, like, NBA-ready skills where they can come in and, like, produce pretty immediately. And 
like you said, the only thing Jason Kidd is worth his fucking contract for is developing younger players. Now he brings them along slow. They've got a nice, they've, like yeah, them. they've done a nice, they've had a nice plan. Yeah, like I, I, I thought that Jaden Hardy should have been in a little bit in the mix a little earlier than he was, but when the way they brought him along, it clearly worked. Like we can't argue too much about it, right? So just don't fuck this up, man. Just draft a player <laughs> at ten. Don't fuck it up. Draft a player. Maybe you can look at if if you think that you know Nico has the chops to try trading back and adding value. And like I said, I think there are enough players in the draft to do that. Even though I think last year isn't the best example because the reason that he traded back into the second round to get Jaden Hardy and got that guy mm-hmm. at 37 is because they gave up the first round pick for a dud of a player in Christian Wood that the coach didn't want, who I think has some talent, but the coach clearly didn't see it that way. Right. So it was never going to work. So you gave up your chance to have Jaden Hardy under contract for four years, and now you got him for three. You got to pay him earlier when you could have just had him and drafted him at 26. But I, I say all that to say, don't do the stupid thing, man. Do the very simple thing. Draft the player that's going to be in front of you and sure. go from there. Sure. Well, thanks, man, for hanging out. Of course, dude. Thank you guys for having me, man. Of course. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. All right. Coming up next, then, just I just need to read the stat line. After 13 minutes of action, 18 minutes, roughly 18 minutes of game time in the Los Angeles Lakers Denver Nuggets first round matchup. Nikola Jokic just played 13 minutes. He has scored 10 points, grabbed 14 rebounds, and has five assists. What in the actual fuck is this man? He is insane. Okay, coming up next, I'm going to bring a pair of guys, and we're going to let each of them talk a little more. They're two of my Mavs Moneyball contributors. We're really grateful for their contributions. We have first editor Ben Zadell, and then uh, internet legend Xavier, who is still on McDonald's Wi-Fi. What's up, Kirk? What's up, Josh? Hey, How are we doing, team? What are we What are we thinking? Ben, why don't you go first? Uh, I'm very upset. I thought the Mavs <laughs> were going to at least move up. I went to La Madeleine's, a French restaurant, instead of getting carne asada. So I'm really mad because I had like a croque monsieur instead of carne asada to try and give this team some sort of juice, some sort of luck that apparently God has like taken away from them forever. <laughs> so like, I, I don't know, man, like I probably should be a lot more happy than I am because they kept their stupid pick, but I just know they're going to do something dumb with it. So I don't know. Little, man. Little like, ga- did, did you, did you do the gambler's fallacy thing where you're like, now is the time? Like whenever I play blackjack. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm. So, um, you know, I, Good for Wimby. I guess, you know, San Antonio, cool place. Dirty Riverwalk. Uh, we'll remind him of the Riverwalk in Paris, I guess. I don't know. Um, uh, I'm fully out on Wimby. Uh, uh, I wish nothing but hate for him. So, uh, would have loved to have him on the Mavs. But, hey, um, that's that's where I'm at right now. So, I, I have to Maybe share this. Maybe this has already been rehashed or something. Because no, I've it's writing, fine. So. It's it's perfectly fine. Friend of the show, Jazz of of uh, it's seventy seven spaces has this incredibly insane tweet. Wimby is going to hate San Antonio, but it might feel like home because the river stank and so does France. And you know what? That's the kind of generational hate I can I can get behind. Xavier, exactly. what's what's going on with you? Because you were here with us earlier, piping, you know, uh, pitching some some thoughts. What's what's going on now that you've had time to think? Um, the hatred that I have for Kyrie Irving has only grown. Oh, um, okay, yeah, because you know what, you just go. haven't been on much lately to talk about yes. Kyrie. That's that's good stuff. Let's go with it. He's one of 
he's probably the only player where my hatred for him extends beyond sports hate. Um, he's not the intellectual that he thinks he is. But for Neither today, I, for people like me, let's keep it to basketball for today. I just heard <laughs> the previous guests, and he said, "Man, if we don't sign Kyrie Irving." man, this is really bad for us. And I'm like, why do we want Kyrie Irving? He doesn't have a market. The only player who really wants him on his team is LeBron, and that's because he won a title with him however many years. And it doesn't even seem like he really wants him now because exactly. the Lakers realized what they should have done was re- – like they fucked up after the 2020 title. They didn't understand why they won. They did just what the Mavericks did and got to the Western Conference Finals, and they made themselves worse. Now they know how to win. They're going to choose Austin Reeves over Kyrie Irving. Say that sentence out loud again. They're going to choose Austin Reeves over... Which they should! $12.5 for a starter is fine. Not yes. 35 So why should we then go and sign him, who the Lakers will not prioritize over Austin fucking Reeves, and give him this contract, and then we think that if he leaves, that it's... Look, we made our bed, we got to line it. But Kyrie Irving... Just by re-signing him, A, he's injury-prone. B, by having him on the team, it makes our margin of error razor fucking thin because when your two best players are negative defenders, there's only but so many prototypes that you can surround them with. And all the people that I hear, oh, we can get maybe that person or that person. What you need is a world-class rim protector. Those guys don't grow on trees. Then we need world-class 3 and D wings. Only the rarest commodity in the entire fucking league. So great. To build around Kyrie and Luca, we need some of the rarest commodities on the planet with very limited, if any, assets to go acquire those very limited assets. Like, what are we talking about here? Look at the Phoenix Suns. Look at the team that they have. They depleted their wing depth in order to trade for KD. Fine. They have two quote-unquote stars. Why did they lose? Because they didn't have enough rim protection. They didn't have any wing defense. And they didn't have any depth. Guess what we like? The very same thing. So in a best-case scenario, we're trying to build a worse versions of a verse worst version of what the Suns have and they just got wiped off the fucking floor like what are we hoping for here and then we're saying well okay let's draft a player at 10 look this is like you gambling your full your entire 401k and then deciding all right now is the time to start building with pace you know to do things patiently we're that that's the the cars already out the garage. We can't build slowly. We can't if you want to build slowly then you gotta trade Luca you gotta tear tear it down, tread everything not nailed down to the ground, and then rebuild slowly. But with the current roster that we have, this is a broken team. There is no way to build this broken team slowly into something real anytime in the near future. And the idea that we can do that, I don't know. It just, I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone. We're not going to build this piece by adding marginal piece after marginal piece. And then what? We do that how many times in a row to where now we're actually a serious contender? We have a flaw. We cannot defend. Yeah. But, but what are you going to get? But, but you just said the 10th pick isn't even that va- as valuable as we think. So where, what the alternative is, what are you going to get with 10 that's going to make that much more of a difference when you've already said the 10th isn't that valuable? At yeah. this point, we literally have to just chuck half-court shots and pray that we can catch lightning in a bottle, which is not – I look, it, I will admit, that's not a good strategy. But at this point, there is no good viable strategy, right? Do we build, do we trust this front office to build through the draft? Let's say we have the 10th pick. 
do we think that we have the scouting department that's going to find the best player available at 10? I don't, right? And like Kirk just said, we do linear thinking. We There are ways to get creative and do things. Do we have any confidence that this front office is capable of any outside-the-box thinking to maximize whatever the value is of the 10th pick? Do you think we're going to find a way to maximize it? I have no faith in them. And so if this is our last bullet, it's like, okay, you have one bullet, now go take out an army. Like, it's just, I just feel like, honestly, I'm just going to say this, we're fucked. And I think we keep trying to, we keep trying to deceive ourselves into thinking that we're not fucked and we are royally fucked. And it's like, step one is to accept it. Let's accept that we are screwed. Now we have two options. The question is, do we think we can salvage this team in, in a in a short enough window to where we can maximize Luca, or is this beyond repair? And do we need to trade Luca and start building the next? I, I don't. I don't think they'll trade Luca. I also think that the the answer is you have who, to. Who take- do we take at? Who's going to be there at ten? I think that's. I, I just don't think it's of any consequence. You but have that- to start somewhere. I think you take the risk of pissing him off and start from scratch and do some building because otherwise you're going to end up where you're trying to avoid. Um, I, I still think the more I think about it, the question of of the money, a lot of Slovenians will probably tell me tomorrow when they wake up and hear this that Luca doesn't care about the money. I'm sorry. I don't know anybody that leaves nine figures on the table to go to go into free agency. Yeah. And, and you also cannot – I, I – other teams cannot trade for him without killing, you know, pulling the old Carmelo Anthony in 2013, uh, which essentially strip mined the Knicks when all he had to do was wait until free agency to go to the Knicks. And, you know, he didn't do that. And so I don't know. I, I understand your argument. I, for the better part of four years, have been looking, staring down the barrel of the we're fucked like point of view. That's kind of been my, my mantra. And I think the first way out of you know what's what's the first rule of holes stop digging when you're in one and so they're in one right now and there's a couple of ways they they can stop like the, you've made a lot of interesting points and i think things we're gonna have to talk about as the offseason goes on the Kyrie irving of it all is particularly interesting like do they outbid themselves against no one that's that's gonna be like what do you do if you get Kyrie for you know four years and 25 million do you do you do like not total, but per year? Like, is that something that's more interesting as opposed to like whatever he's eligible for for the max, which is like it's like a five year, $270 million max? It is bananas. You don't bid it, and I, the Mavericks have sort of come out early and we've not heard anything, but like there's some there they know that that he doesn't have his ton of options. So it's like it's a matter of how do you not piss the guy off, but also how do you pay him some money? So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, is is where I'm at. Ben, and the problem like, with Kyrie is that then now they're they're pot committed because they've already uh-huh. given up a first rounder and they traded Dorian and they traded Spencer. So if you let Kyrie walk, it's like you've really hit the reset button on your roster, which I mean I don't really necessarily think it would be the worst thing in the world, but that's probably part of their thinking too, is they've already traded, you know, it's not like they're signing this guy off the, sh- you know, uh, you know, off it's from another team. They've already invested a lot. They, 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 they probably could have spun a first and Dorian and, and Spencer for maybe something else. I don't know if it would be as a player at Kyrie's caliber, but I mean, though they, they are limited trade ammo and they use some of it already. Sure. So now it's like, you let that guy walk. I don't, you know, that's, if they want to start fresh and rebuild, I'm okay with that because they kind of need a reset. But, uh, you know, I just, I don't know what their line of thinking is going to go into that. 
Yeah, you, you, hit, you hit a point of diminishing returns on the offense with Kyrie, as we saw last, you know, the last whatever 20, 30 games. You know, you need something besides the offense. And, and, and again, I don't think it's that hard to put some quality pieces around. I mean, maybe not enough to put you over, but at least, I mean, we've seen Luca take a not great team to the Western Conference Finals. So, uh, I mean, well, I, and- I just don't think you need to swing some huge home run trade or some home run signing. You just need some quality pieces around. If they win Bro. five more games, if they win five more games, which they could have minus, because Luca didn't make any game-winning shots. They were terrible. And it's like, just a couple of things in the right direction and they're convincing themselves they're better than they are, which is a different problem than what we're talking about here. Um, either way, they have a lot of work cut out for them. And that's, that's kind of what the, the bottom line is. And the point Xavier made about, do you have confidence? I don't, but I also don't really know what else to do because being a shit isn't very, you know, it's it, that has diminishing returns too. Cause I mean, I'm negative, but people don't want to hear negative all the time. You know what I and mean? That- and at the end of the day, uh, Matthew brought this up earlier. They just have to, regardless if they trade the pick or if they keep the pick, they just have to win some moves. Yes. They yes. have stacked losing transaction after losing transaction just over and over the last four years. You know, KP trade ended up not working out. Josh Richardson trade did not work. Uh, they pissed away uh, 2019 free agency. Uh, like where are the the wins in the last four years? It's like Hardy, it's like maybe Josh Green. Uh, you know Seth Curry actually played really well for them, but then they traded him. Like they don't have anything to show for it. Like they just have like the Christian Wood trade. That's a loss. Like they just keep taking L's on all these transactions, whether it's a free agent signing or or a trade. So at the end of the day, like you know my philosophy is lean towards build toward the draft. But if they can if they can win the trade. The point is, is if they trade a tenth pick, they just they have to, it has to be an overwhelming positive. Yeah. They won this move, like they just they have like Kirk said, they have to stop the bleeding. You can't keep making all these decisions on top of each other where you lose, like you lose. Like they their 2019 free agency was like was Boban, Delon Wright, and Seth Curry, and they have lo- literally nothing. They're actually in the uh, they're in the negative from that because they had to give up second rounders to get off Delon Wright. They have nothing to show from the 2019 uh, offseason. So they just have to start winning some moves. We're like the Blazers. Remember that Blazers team that made that Western Conference Finals run? And I brought it up in the Slack a couple times. They thought we just made the Western Conference Finals. We're a piece away. So what they do? They go out and they trade two, three picks for Robert Covington. They start re-signing C.J. McCollum to this long-term deal. They double down on their often injured center. They start overpaying and taking these wild swings because they were under the impression that if we just – if we just hit a single or maybe a double, we can go from Western Conference Finals team to possibly having a legit chance of winning the title. And that's the problem with the Mavericks. The reason that the fandom keeps think talking about these moves on the margin is because they keep thinking we're that team that made the Western Conference Finals last sure. year. We're not that team. We're so far removed from being that team. And also, in a normal year, that team probably doesn't make it to the Western Conference Finals. So we have to be more self-aware and say, okay, what are we? We're not a marginal piece away from being a contender. We need, honestly, what we need is a rebuild. And, you know, the most popular thing, right, is tearing it down. Why? Because it offers the fan base hope and it guarantees job security for whoever the front office is. Because then it's like, 
you know, the thing from Family Guy. Hey, do you want a boat or do you want the shoebox? Or where it could be anything. <laughs> it might even be both, right? But that that hope is something that you can sell to fans, and that's something that you can maybe sell to Luca and say, look, if we give you a blank canvas, let's work together and help us paint that canvas. Let's just wipe away all of our mistakes that we've made the past couple of years, and you tell us, what do you want? You know what I'm saying? And then maybe that earns his loyalty. Or maybe he says, you know what? No, I've seen enough. But I just I just think we got to tear it down. That's my pessimism. Well, I do appreciate the takes. Ben, do you got anything else? Uh, no, just want to apologize to LaMail and it's actually a lovely restaurant. And I like food in there. So I was just angry. I'm sorry, LaMadeline. You're good. You two are great. Thanks for joining the show. We'll talk soon. Okay, we're going to go to Jacob yeah. next. And again, guys, if you want to chat, we're going to hang out. I'm going to hang out for at least another half hour. Um, we don't, you know, this will probably be, we'll do one more live show this week, but this is the last big show until draft night. So, you know, we'll. I don't mind hanging out every late every now and again. So, Jacob, welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey, hey, Kirk. It's been a while. Um, I'm, I'll just start off by saying that, yeah, I'm just happy that we kept the pick. I, I think it's a dub. Um, it really would have been the end times if our luck would have continued with, you know, moving down in the draft and getting bumped out. And also, I, I can't believe no one's mentioned this yet. Rich of those bozos in Houston for moving down to four. <laughs> they need they need a point guard, too. It's like they're just in such a like they've they've had all these high lottery picks and like have any of them panned out at all? Uh, No, not since. Hakeem, <laughs> I don't know, but I, I I do feel bad for the Pistons too. I'll, I'll I'll say that 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 that's the kind of luck I was expecting for us. Sure, sure. Well, One to five is a brutal fall, but they have such a solid base that I don't feel too badly for them. Uh, Jalen Duran is incredible, like, and so is uh, who's the guy they had this year? Uh, they shut Ivy. him down. Jay Ivy. I love Ivy. That dude is fast. So it's, you know, what are you yeah, going to do? K- and if Cade stays healthy, yeah, there'll be a problem. But uh, as for us, I mean, I, I want us to take the pick seriously, at least scout for drafting, right? I mean, that's that's not – I don't think that's asking for too much before we inevitably, like, trade it for Jordan Poole or some shit like that. But um, that's a joke. I hope we don't do that. But, like, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend – God, Jordan, yeah, I, I didn't fucking think about that. Thanks for putting that thought into my mind. My God. <laughs> uh, Jordan Poole or Duncan Robinson or something. No, but uh, I, I, I'm i not going to pretend to be a scout and know, like, which like like champion for a guy. Like, I've never watched a UCF game, so I don't, I don't know about that guy, you know, there. Or I, I've watched Kansas games because I'm a Longhorn fan. But I felt like any time that we played Kansas, uh, Grady Dick didn't really jump off the screen to me. I don't know. It's it, like pretty much what Josh was saying. He sold me on keeping the pick too. Uh, I, I think just us keeping the pick was kind of a kind of sort of get rich quick scheme. Um, at, at least we have an asset now. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and another. Oh, go ahead, Jacob. Sorry. To no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say another thing. Like, I feel like some. Like people against keeping the pick, I feel like people are like equating the tenth pick to like the twenty eighth pick. Like, like the Mavericks, it Jaden Hardy as a rookie already looks like a building block. He was the thirty seventh pick. You know, Josh Green took three years, but he was the eighteenth pick. Like, 
the 10th pick can be someone giving you real minutes in the playoffs as early as his second year, maybe even as early as his rookie season, as we've seen from some other, like the 10th pick is not like, you're not getting a project that's going to take like four years to be good. If you, you know, if you, have trust your scouting, you know, trust your scouting, trust your player development, and you, and you make, you know, you make the right choice. But I just, I don't like to think of the tenth pick that's like this, like building block project. Like they're going to be drafting a guy that they have to teach how to play basketball. Like there will be a good, talented player that can give them minutes from game one, available at ten. They they can they now will they get that guy? I don't know. That's why you know. You trade. You like people like to trade because you trade for a known known quantity. But uh, the idea that the tenth pick is like this this spinning of the wheel, like all drafting is spinning of the spinning of a lottery wheel. But like, I, it's just I don't know. I, there's there's just a difference between picking ten and like picking where the Mavericks have normally picked in the last uh, you know twenty years. They're always picking toward the bottom of the draft. Right. So I I don't know. I just wanted to make that point. Like ten, they can get a player that's not going to take four years at ten. Uh, they can get a player that can play right away and be uh, a useful player. Yep. Yeah. Like there's not there's not a drop off. Like there's not that big of a drop off. Like overstated drop off. Well, we're them. gonna learn. I mean, that's what the next several. You know, the next what is it? Four weeks? Five weeks? Or four? That's more or less what we're gonna figure out. You know, where it's like I I look at this and I'm looking at Tankathon's first mock and it gives me I'm concerned. I like I don't really want Keontae George, Jordan Hawkins, Nick Smith Jr., Casey Wallace. Like I, I want a big person. The Mavericks need size. That's what stood out to me towards the end of the year because they traded. Dorian Finney-Smith was was doing yeoman's work, holding down like three, four, five position at, at a certain point, and you trade him away, and you just don't have any size, and they're not going to go get more size on the market. Robbie Lewis in the chat asks, you know, you're going to go get Derek Lively. I just don't know if you can take a risk with the center because like bigs don't develop at the same rate that guards do because they don't get the opportunities. Playing defense as an NBA level big is also much harder than it is playing as a guard because you have more responsibility. You have to cover the perimeter and the paint. And and it's just, it's tough. It's I'm, I'm worried. Yeah, I'm worried yeah. as we talk more. I, I I started the chat very positive. How's that? And now I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hey, we've said it. I don't know how many times. It's not like it's not like the front office has given us any reason to be optimistic about any draft that we're in. You know, any of these calculated moves that we supposedly are. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I do. Uh, it, uh, the only, like the only 10th pick that I think that's worked out in the past 10 years is Michael Bridges. And so if we're, if we're basing it off of that, then yeah, it's, 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 um, it's definitely scary. But as Josh was saying, th- th- there's not the much of an overstated, like, um, talent different, like between the top four and 10, I don't think. So yeah, you can get a guy that would contribute. I don't. I don't want kid to throw him in the doghouse as soon as you know he fucks up once or twice. But like that's you're you're just gonna have to be patient with a young player like that. Not everybody's sure. gonna be, not everyone's gonna be polished like Bane was coming out of TCU because he was he was a senior, I think. So I mean, yeah. yeah I don't know. I I just we need Frank. At at, at this point, it doesn't matter how we get it. 
but yes, we need help in the front court. And I mean, we've the whole we need better is, players. Yeah, <laughs> easier said than done. Yeah, but uh, it's the whole fan base has identified that problem of there being just no size, us getting dominated on the boards, uh, not having any you know interior presence at all, no rim protection. Surely, surely Nico and Kid and like they all have too as well. So yeah. I'm interested to see what they're cooking up. And, you know, if they, if, I think if they make the wrong move, shit, uh, we're pro- we'll probably know it immediately at this point. That's true. So. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate you hanging out. Yep. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, just while we'll take a, a short break here, just to, to remind everybody, if you could do me a favor and go like the stream and also go subscribe to our channel if you have not. Uh, we got three people left, and we're going to fly through them because we're at over an hour. And I, you know, I think um, my wife is thoroughly annoyed with me. Josh's wife is a saint as well. Um, Sam, what's up, my guy? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, Kurt? Can you hear me? I can. You are you are calling us from the uh, the basement of the, the your the, this is your deep throat. This is this is Watergate. We you're, you we only <laughs> see the shine of your head. What's going on? Oh, well, yeah, if you call it avoiding your girlfriend because she sent you to get some food and you got the food, but you wanted to talk about the Mavericks because you're coming. Oh, my man, that's what we call chat loyalty. Thank you, thank you. So, yeah, I'll be quick, though. Um, I guess I'm happy that we did keep the 10th pick, all things considered. Um, You know, I let myself believe. I don't know why that we were going to jump into the top four. It didn't happen. So that's neither here nor there. The only problem that I have is um, you pretty much said it, Xavier said it, Josh said it. Is, is is the front office because last year they got they got Christian Wood for the 26th pick pretty much and it was pretty obvious from day one that Jason Kidd didn't want him or somebody didn't want him because just because uh, he was in the doghouse but well, I would say doghouse but from day one Jason Kidd just didn't play him the way we thought he should have played him even though he has his deficiencies on defense he just didn't want him on the roster and it just lingered the whole season to now where more than likely he's not coming back. So my concern is, is it going to be a is, – is the front office, are they all intertwined, if that makes sense? Are they all going to say, okay, this is what we're going to do, this is the plan, and this is what we're going to stick to, and this is what we're going to do? Because we can't have, like Josh said, we can't have this Charlie and the Chocolate Factory golden ticket where, oh, we snap our fingers and this happens and everything's good. Because obviously we're at the point now where everything is shit. <laughs> like we're having to worry about Luca. We shouldn't worry about that. If you're an organization that can stand on his morals, if he goes, fuck it, he goes. You got to do what you do to make sure the team is competitive to win for him. And if he agrees with that, great. If he doesn't, let him go. Tough shit at this point because we've bowed down to him. We've been, we've literally done everything I feel like we can do for this man. And we've lost every trade in the last four years. Obviously, a lot of, a lot of them have been in hindsight, but – no, we talked ourselves into a fair amount of this shit. I've been doing this show for too long, and I remember being, oh, yeah, you know what? You know, me might be fine. You know what? <laughs> I thought the Josh Richardson trade was a home run. God, we loved that. And it was I so fucking terrible. Yeah. Literally have nothing. They have a pick and a play. They have nothing from that on the See, what the, the Christian Wood trade, I don't remember how I reacted, but I was just like, are we serious with this? That's what I remember thinking, but I could be wrong. You also no. know more people that that know that did not like Christian. Oh, every single like, person under the sun was like, "LOL, fucking Mavericks," and it's like, yeah. "Well, that can't be good." <laughs> right, and, and, and of course, as a Mavericks fan, you said, "You know what? 
Javel McKee was good on the Warriors in 2018, and he was good on the Lakers when they won the championship in the bubble. You know, we, we could do that for like 15 minutes, but obviously, it, within 10 games, it was a it was a shit show. So, you know, at this point, I don't know what else we can do except I mean, I'm about to just keep the pick, just draft somebody, and just develop it with Luca because we can obviously we saw look at Dorian. He was a Dorian was okay. Then he got Luca. Then he was putting up career numbers every year. Then he leaves, and God, he disappeared in Brooklyn. Yeah. Which, I mean, that just shows right there what Luca could do for. He's a floor raiser. Luca is a floor raiser. Without Luca, we're looking at a 21 team instead of a potentially 51 team. I want to mm-hmm. give you guys a halftime stat from this from this Laker game that is uh, that is still at halftime. Uh, Nikola Jokic, 16 rebounds. Los Angeles Lakers, 17 rebounds. Holy Christ. Um, this, that's not, yeah, 19, 16, and 7 for a half. Really, um, wow. Don't even know what to say to that. Uh, well, Sam, thank you very much for hanging out and waiting. All right, not a problem. Y'all have a good evening. All right, talk soon. All right. Okay, coming up next is Simon, who has been patiently waiting for a very long time. Simon, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hey, can you guys hear me? I can. You sound good. Here we are. Okay, good. Oh, yeah, man. I've been trying to I've been trying to get into this this chat for a while. I've uh, been having problems and even tonight, but I'm finally finally uh, glad I broke through. Um so my my pre-lottery take uh, on the Mavs was, you know, obviously if they get one through two, you keep the pick because you can get, you know, Wemby or, or Brandon Miller, I think would have been a guy who could step in and help right away. If they would have gotten three through four, I would have said trade that pick because with a three through four slot, they could have really probably gotten some value that could have helped them next year. I don't know if you're really going to get that with the 10th pick. So you might as well just keep it and, and, and take a flyer. Now I just went and looked at the last five <laughs> 10th overall picks, Johnny Davis, uh, who <laughs> failed spectacularly. Well, the poor in, Washington in, wizards in my, in my neck of the woods in DC. Yeah. Um, I think Zaire Williams, uh, who's done nothing of note that I can think of. Um, uh, Jalen Smith, who was brought up earlier by another uh, another caller. Uh, Cam Reddish, and then um, and then and then Michael, Michael Bridges, right? So you, it really could go either way. So I, I don't I don't know, and I, I I don't watch a lot of college basketball, so I, I don't know anything about this guy from. UCF or, or who who's Anthony Black? I don't even know where he went to school, so I, I I really have no opinion on that. Now, the one thing I will tend to disagree with most of Mavs fandom on is I tend to be a lot higher on DeAndre than what I'm feeling from a lot of the other callers. I think it's obvious that he's completely disillusioned with his situation uh, in Phoenix, right? Because sure. of the way they handled. Um, you know, his contract. Uh, I know, I mean, I know him and Luca have the same agent, right? They do, I've seen like videos of them. They do seem to have like some rapport. I don't know what kind of, what kind of impact that's going to have. But the point the Mavericks right now is they need, they need two things. They need size and they need talent. And he's got, and he has both of those. I mean, you know, upgrading to him, you know, from JaVale McGee and, and, and Dwight Powell, it, 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 the talent, athleticism and side upgrade size upgrade is just is just too much um to not at least look into now 
you guys probably know better than I do, you know, what kind of trade package Dallas can put together uh, to bring him in. I mean, I don't know. I mean, would it involve Kyrie Irving? I mean, if it doesn't, it's obviously probably going to have to involve the 10th pick and then some, yeah. some cap fire. Uh, yeah. I mean, Phoenix, Phoenix does, they need bodies. Um, they, they just didn't have a lot in, the, in that series versus Denver who on the Mavs roster uh, would qualify as such. I don't, I don't know. I don't, like you said, you know, you made the point about them making only linear moves. So I, I don't really know how they could go about acquiring him without giving up, I guess, Kyrie, right? I think that would be a little bit self-defeating because I don't think Kyrie or uh, sorry, Luca and DeAndre Ayton is enough. But if you have, if you can come in next year with Kyrie, Luca, and DeAndre, okay, then I think you have at least some sort of a talent foundation where your top three guys, uh, in terms of their talent level, can compete with other teams' top three. And then how you go right. about putting together um, the rest of the roster, uh, you know, that really that falls in the front office. But you know, it's like it's like you said, the Mavs. You know, the Mavs are in a hole. Uh, the, the moves they've made over the past five years have, have put them in this position where they don't they don't have a lot of assets. They really, I mean, have no choice but to try to like to try to swing for the fences, right? Um, you know, there's just not a lot of you know singles and, and, and doubles moves out there that they, they can really make, in my opinion. Yeah. It's so. it's you know, this is better than losing this is better than losing the pick. But there's yeah. still just a lot of big question marks that I don't think the rest of us have confidence that the Mavericks will answer is is sort of where we're at right now. Now, we have five weeks to get irrationally excited about players we've only seen YouTube yeah. videos of. Um, I, for one, can't wait because I just love having firm takes about guys I've watched four times. It's it's fun. Yeah. Well, one, one more quick thing and then I'll, and then I'll head sure. out. So I'm, watching, I'm watching this game right now, right? And I'm watching, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, Rui Hachimura. Okay, Rui Hachimura was the the I think the ninth pick yep. in 2019, and you know the Wizards essentially they, they they gave up on him. They 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 traded him you know for for because they didn't want to pay him in the off season. Um, and the thinking was I think from their perspective, you know, in his four years that he was there, his game sort of stagnated. Right, he didn't really show much improvement from where he was. Uh, when he came in to where he was at the point that they traded him. Now I'm watching him on the Lakers, and he and he looks like he, he's obviously a rotation caliber player. He's, he's, he's knocking down his open shots. He, he can position himself on the block. He's got size. He's got athleticism. But the Wizards decided that they're better off with Benny Avdia, you know? Right. Um, so part of the, I think my point is, is that part of, like, picking a guy in that sort of area of the draft is – it, it, it does matter a lot, like the situation that he's coming into. Um, and with Hatchimer in particular, it, it based on the, the I mean, the Wizards already fired their general manager, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I'm assuming that's part of it. I'm sure they're looking, you know, ownership is looking at the way he's playing with the Lakers and wondering why, you know, uh, the Wizards couldn't get that out of him. So that, that's the other part of this equation for the Mavericks is if they do – keep that pick and they take somebody, you know, are, are they going to find, uh, you know, a role for him early on where he's able to develop in a short period of time to being a um, rotation caliber piece 
come the playoffs because, I mean, that's really what you're hoping for when you're drafting number 10. You know? Yep. So, yeah. Well, thanks for waiting and hanging out to talk to us, Simon. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Talk soon. Okay, coming up next is my man Leo. We got Alex, and then we're going to go. Leo, what's up, man? Hey, a quick question for both of y'all. Uh, what is the goal for next year for both of you, uh, thinking that we take the pick or do a trade? Because in my mind, a lot of the people who are saying we need to do a trade are trying to get into winning mode, contention mode next year, whereas I, as someone who wants to keep the pick, is thinking about a two-, three-year plan of, okay, what if we get a rookie that's just usable, who has defensive mind tendencies or something offensively, uh, like an offensive profile that you can show off and then trade that for next year and then just try to build on that? Because we, what else can we do? Because if we trade for a player next year, we already have really bad books. And if we're trying to keep yeah. Aiden with Kyrie and Luca, like, do we just want the NBA media to just talk about how bad our vibes are and how everyone's pouting on the bench? Yeah. Well, Is Jason Kidd going to help with that? I think so to a degree. I mean, he's not had a lot of time to put his stamp on the roster outside of McGee as much of a, you know, prick move as that sounds like. That's sort of the truth. I think that my sort of goal for the team would be to, to just get back into playoff contention. Uh, the, the Mavericks were fourth in the West at one point, and then they finished at 10th. So you, you change a couple of games, you do a few things different and maybe the Mavericks are in a better place. I mean, Luca was not great after i'm trying to like you know, that seven game stretch where he went for like 37 points you know and the mavericks won a bunch of games or the seven in a row streak that really took all the wind out of his sails and then he sort of struggled to play the rest of the year he also the mavericks just couldn't defend so it just it makes me wonder if, if a couple of things go differently you know they've got to get off josh and i've talked about this for three straight years they have to get off to a better start they cannot fuck around at the start of the year and that's going to be you know, the, the first month of the season is going to tell me where this game team goes. I'm tired of hearing how Jason Kidd wants to experiment and all this stuff. You know, if your experiment is playing Javel McGee, you suck at this. So that that's sort of my standard is, is I would like to see them get off to a better start. Josh, what about you? I think just avoid the plan would be my goal. Sure, finish, in the top, okay. finish, finish in the top six and then go from there. Cause again, you know, it's, this was such a historically bad season that literally never happens. You know, I wrote about this and I've been pre saying this a bunch, you know, teams with 24 year old MVP candidates do not miss the playoffs. Mm. It doesn't happen. Look at NBA history. Um, this just doesn't happen. Um, it's very, very rare. Um, everyone he's been, you know, everyone he's in company with in terms of like the four all first teams in first five years, all those guys were, playoff or better or winning titles or going to the finals or conference finals. So like when, when they were 24, so, you know, it, it, I don't know if they can make the jump to contender in one off season. Cause like they've got so many things that they have to fix, but they can't be this go through like another chasing 500. Like, cause think about this season. They never, they never felt like a confidently nope. solid team. Like even that seven game win streak, I mean, they played the 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 Rockets twice and the Spurs. Like, almost all of those wins were against bad teams or teams that were playing really poorly at the time. Like, it was the Lakers before they made all those trades, and they still had Westbrook. It's like they're like they need to get have a season where they're not just chasing five hundred yep. or hovering around five. Like, they need to be a solid team because you know, yeah, if they if they if they miss the playoffs again, they get another pick, and they can you know they might get some more time. But they can't they can't afford to do that again. Like, you know, then you really you know you're putting in 
you're putting bad vibes in the universe with Luca. So they need to they need to get back up on the horse. They need to get into the playoffs. Be a solid playoff team. Don't make the plan. Um, they were close, uh, you know, despite this season, like Kirk said, they only, I mean, every single game I felt like from March and April was a clutch game. So, yep. um, I just want them to just, they just need to be better, be a top six team and then go from there. Um, and that will help their reputation a little bit too. And when we talk about roster building, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Excuse me. Leo, you got anything else for us? A final thing, just to put good vibes out in the universe. If Luca is as smart and as dedicated as we think he is, we're gonna see what he changes about his game at uh, at the basket uh, when he plays in September, August this year, because we can. His injuries are also caused by overwork, but the guy has to figure out how to do how to shoot an open shot sure. with a defender not near him. Because some, make, if he keeps on driving to the basket, throws. he's gonna yeah. get hurt. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Of course, Leo. Appreciate you. Uh, let's see here. Our man coming in next. Uh, let's go to Alex. Welcome to the show, Alex. How you doing? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah, just just to also bring some positive, like uh, positive vibes. And I don't see like the ten pick as just the past ten picks because, like last year, Jalen Williams was twelve, uh, and Paris Wharton was twelve. Also, when the, the when the Phoenix picked, and we all knew. Great point. Um, also, Kawhi was 15, Bam was 14, Dora Mitchell, I think, was 13. I don't know. So, just like if we, we all like only like the thing is, do we trust the map to pick the right player? And is he available at 10? I don't know. My, yeah, I, I, I think that's right. I, I still have the, the question that I think is fair is less about the players and more about do the Mavericks have what it takes to do this? And they just haven't invested in the draft. Mm-hmm. I think they run a, they have a fairly small front office. They have a lot of homework to do. You know, we know from previous years, they've, you know, they, the draft is hard and, and they, they just have a lot of work ahead. I think is, is, is my takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, if they do trade it, like it can be like for a, a mid guy. I don't know. I don't know. Like because like the the what well, we think it's Aiton or I don't think they have enough for OG, which would be like amazing. But I don't know. I don't know what they can get if they trade. Like if they pack uh, the 10 pick and the and the 2027. 20, I don't know like what could they get. But right, uh, we need a lot of, of help. But yeah, workouts just, are going to be workouts. really important. And and one yeah. of the things I'm curious about this drove me crazy when Donnie Nelson was GM is we simply never heard about what mm-hmm. the Mavericks were doing or who they were talking to. Whereas the Los Angeles Lakers pub they flooded the zone with every single person they brought in for like workouts. I want that for us. I want to get I want to overreact to every person we hear about them interviewing. That part's fun. Like wish yeah. casting and wondering who they're talking about is fucking boring. Let's like just go nuts and bring in all these different dudes and we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, also, well, at least we're not gonna have like a Nico needs to let's see what Nico can do in the draft because like past years it's all been like like because uh, the last like real draft it was like uh, Josh Green which was a disaster between Donny and, sure. and, and Bob, which uh, I mean that was a bad draft for everyone yeah. in hindsight like not and, just the Mavericks and maybe I don't know if I trust Bob more with the draft because he I, I did hear he was targeting uh, Tyrese Aliburto with that trade with Brunson but I don't know yeah I don't yeah, know that was... let's hope well yeah. thanks for joining Alex thank you thank you.
All right, let's go. Last not least, my man in Australia, uh, Rain. How you doing, Rain? Um, don't know what to do. Sure. I don't know what the right path is. Uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's the Dallas you know, Mavericks for I, you. I, I, see, I see the point in trying to rebuild for the draft, but right. I don't think you can do that with one num- one tenth pick. And if we lose the pick next year to the Knicks, how do you build through the draft that way if you're losing your picks? And, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I am I came because of Luca to, to Dallas. That's why I started watching. So um, I probably have a little bit of bias there where I'm a, probably a little bit more Luca-centric than Dallas Maverick-centric um, in my strategies of what I think they should or shouldn't do. Yeah. And... I wouldn't personally be super opposed to them going, say, fuck it, convince Luca, hey, we're going to try and keep the pick for the next two years and try and rebuild for the draft. I would be not super pleased about that, but if it pays off in the long run, but I don't think you can, can convince Luca of that to say, we're, we're going to take the easy road for maybe the next two or three years take it easy, take the foot off the gas. Um, on the other hand, I don't think they have the assets even with a top 10 pick. Yes, I think there are other teams who might value who you could get at 10 more than the Mavs could. But are we going to be able to say get uh, Jared Allen with a 10th pick? Probably See, not. I like so, that, but, but that's fun. It's like, what do you, you know, what teams are desperate? Like, what... That's like, you're touching on interesting stuff though, because, and that's where we get to see are the Mavericks linear or have they learned? Are they wheeling and dealing because Nico's making phone calls and Michael Fenley's finally doing his job? Or is this still the Mark Cuban show? I think we all know the real answer to that. Well, I mean, you never know, uh, because I really do think he let Bob. Haral Bob run run things for a while. I really do. I mean, Haral Bob swears he wasn't involved in the Kristaps Porzingis trade, but you know, I think that draft in 2020 it was his. Well, uh, yeah, I would think he might have been the only person left in the room to make the pick, from what I understand. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what we do. I don't. I mean, I was super high on uh, Taylor Hendricks, but apparently everyone's super high on him. So I don't think any of the players that I was enthusiastic about at 10, when there was the chance that we keep 10, I don't think any of those players I was enthusiastic about are going to be there. Um, That doesn't mean there isn't going to be talent there. Um, Again, you know, like everyone else has probably said, do we trust Nico or the Mavs to be able to do that? Um, I think, you know, as we've also been said, maybe the one thing we can count on Jason Kidd to do is develop the players. And if his tenure brings us Jaden develops Jaden Hardy, Josh Green, and whoever this 10th pick or whoever they take is, I will at least see some positive outcome in his tenure, despite all the other bullshit we've had to deal with. Um, though, I mean, with the carousel of coaches that are available, I would also right. prefer if they really evaluated the front office and everyone else there and went, hmm, actually, do we want, you know, coach of the year or do we want Jason Kidd? But again, that's also not likely going to happen. It kind of felt like lip service to me when Nico said everyone's under evaluation because it seemed like he was maybe saying, you know, hey, I have some fault. But it seems like Jason Kidd is 
basically, you know, the tribe tribe has spoken. He's got immunity. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see what they do. I don't really know who's going to be available at 10. Grady right. Dick doesn't seem like something that helps the Mavericks at all. And on the point of uh, someone earlier was speaking about why do we want Kyrie? We don't. But we're kind of fucked if we don't gotta as keep well. Sure. So, like, with what we've given up and the amount of cap space we would have if we don't re-sign him, we're not going to be able to sign shit anyway. Yeah. So it's better to... Oh, did we lose him? My internet oh. might have No, I think we did. Oh, there he is. Kind oh. of fuzzing. Oh, we're oh. having we're having some fun internet with you, Rain. Yeah, Australian internet sucks shit. Uh, <laughs> hey, I think it's pretty cool we're talking at all. But well, you know, okay, so, like I, when I lived in New Zealand, I'd have a gigabyte up, a gigabyte down. Here, I get a hundred at sure. most. It's terrible. Sure. So I'm I'm surprised it stayed disconnected. Um, I don't know what you guys heard, but I think I was saying, uh, you know, who we can get. With, uh, with a Kyrie's cat space, and if he just shows up for one playoff game and wins us maybe one playoff game, it's worth it. Um, who gives a fuck if he misses half the regular season? I mean, we do give a fuck, but neither here nor there. Well, anyway, thank you for, for hanging case. out with us tonight or today in your in your in your show, part of the world. Yeah, so. I've got the rest of the day to stew on this and figure out <laughs> what the fuck we do. All right, man. We'll talk soon. No, I see you guys. Thank you. Sure. Josh, you got any parting parting thoughts? Uh I don't know. Just uh they just need to this is I mean the fun part now begins. You know, we can start zeroing in on guys at 10. You could we could start wish casting trades if we want to. Like, you know, it's still projecting, but it's not as much projecting because you know that that land where technically they could still lose the pick, like we're at least past that. Like we're past that part. Yeah. We can kind of move on, but yeah, I think it's just, it's coming down to which team building philosophy do you prefer? Like, it's just, do you want to slow and steady or do you want to cash in the chips, try to win now? Or are they already dead? And we just not fucking know it. Like, like, is is this, is this, is this the TV show lost where everyone was, was, it was all in their heads. Like I, I just, I don't know. I'm trying not to be too pessimistic about it because nobody really wants to listen to that. But it it is a little concerning. I do think the money stuff with Luca is is going to be worth thinking about more and more. Uh, how much money and the Mavericks can improve. Like and also it's a the, the they finished the season what 38 and 44. Was yeah. that was that the final? The difference between 38 and 44 and 45 and 37 is eight games. And can the Mavericks win eight more games? I don't know. I I I think they could a couple. They of lost about changes. thirty clutch games, so right. can you so get it's eight like of if those? You're playing a little different, yeah. yeah. So, but everybody, um, I I'm afraid I have to go. Uh, it has been a long evening for us here at Mavs Moneyball, and we still got some more work to do. So I apologize for that. But thank you so much for hanging out with over two hours worth of live shows. Um, I'll be back probably Friday daytime. Uh, I'm going to take a vacation day from work. So I'll, uh, we can, we can have more reactions and thoughts and hang out in here a little bit. So everybody, uh, please, uh, subscribe to the show on YouTube, subscribe on podcast. If you're listening that way and, you know, just leave comments, that sort of thing. We've, we've had a good, uh, 
Had a good run tonight. I appreciate everybody uh, hanging out with us. You guys are the best. We'll talk soon and go Mavs. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.